Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. On Sunday, May 3rd, 2015, welcome to the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show. I'm Rosita, I'm your chief host, and I'm joined by my co-host and brother in the martial arts, Sifu Robert Deal. Sifu Bob, how's it going over there in Burbank? Good. It finally cooled down. Gas prices are insane right now. They've gone up 70 cents in about two weeks. So really what's a depressing. gallon of just regular unleaded over there now? The cheapest, cheapest, cheapest price is three fifty-seven. Three? Oh my gosh! Are you serious? Yeah. In, in oh, some dude, I'm sorry. Over four bucks. That's crazy. Like I went and got gas today, um, and uh, it was two two ninety something. It was two ninety something. But like last week it was two sixty nine. And this is just for regular. Regular unleaded folks. Not medium, not, you know, the supreme or anything. This is for regular. Two something, right? Um but like last month there was a week last month where it dipped down to like two twenty something and the the lines at all the gas stations were like insane. <laughs> Just, you know, what that always makes no sense to me because I don't care where the prices are at, you still need gas. Yeah. Unless you're trying to stock up in case it goes up again. That I yeah. understand. Yeah. Make, makes no sense. But that that sucks. And it cooled down to what? Like 80? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's, what's, what's cool over there? It was like 70. Let's see, what was the high today? Because it, today was actually a nice spring day. Uh, oh, it's 6 o'clock, so it cooled down. I, uh, earlier, it was like 72, uh, which was comfortable. It's great. Now it's 68 and sunny, nice spring day. Um, gosh, well, I, I you know. remember texting you last week. It was like 98 here when I went to lunch. Yeah. yeah, and it was like 71 when you texted. And I was sitting in my car going, oh, my gosh, it's like hot in my car because I don't have air conditioning in my car i mean i could i just haven't gotten it fixed and i'm like and he's and you get and i get this text it's 97 degrees over here and i'm like sucks to be you anyway. i know and, well, and you know my air is broke in my car because it yeah. costs so much to get fixed and actually you have you have filipino air conditioning yeah we just rolled out. down the windows yeah we just rolled down the windows <laughs> Roll down the windows and put a cold rag over the vents, and that's about it. So, yep. so listeners, uh, give us a call a little bit later. Our phone number is 347-677-0699. For the second part of our show, about 630 or so, we're going to be joined by with a guru, Rocky Twitchell. He's a he's a, a C-Lot uh, and Filipino martial arts practitioner. Um, out of California, and uh, he'll be joining us a little bit later, tell, telling us a little bit about his uh, studies and uh, 
and uh, his uh, upcoming trip to the Masters Hall of Fame because he is a nominee for the 2015 Masters Hall of Fame. So don't go away. We'll get to that. And speaking of which, Rocky just messaged me. Um, Rosita, the number you gave me is not going through. Oh, <laughs> let's try this. Three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. What did you do? Send the wrong number. Oh, yeah, three four three seven. <laughs> nice. That's what I get for typing on my phone. <laughs> Anyway, so Guru Rocky is ready to go. He's going to be calling in in a little bit, um, but we'll uh, there he is. But we'll go ahead and uh, finish our first segment. And uh, I have to apologize for typing on my phone. I, I gave the number three four three seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. And if I were anybody else, I'd be like, which of these three numbers is the freaking area code? <laughs> So anyway, so stay tuned, folks. About 6.30 or so, we're going to have uh, Guru Rocky Twitchell joining us. All right. Well, let's move on with the show. So why don't we go ahead and get started with birthdays. Who do you have for birthdays there, Sifu Bob? Well, this week, uh, uh, tomorrow, it's Grandmaster Cecil People's birthday. Oh, uh, cool. Five Five, a good friend of mine, uh, Jean Grossman, her son and my son were in Scouts together. Uh, one of Don Baird's top-ranking students out of Colorado, Steve Pisa, his birthday is on the 6th. One of my Facebook friends, C.J. Livermore, his birthday is on the 7th. Uh, another great martial artist and a, uh, a Facebook friend, tattooed Tim Hartman, his birthday is also on the 7th. My niece that is turning, this I have to figure out, 27. She is Tiffany wow. Deal, her birthday is on the 9th. And uh, King Swanto practitioner and a good friend of mine, Frank Ramos, his birthday is also on the 9th. Very cool. I've only got one or two birthdays um, on the, on the 4th, which is tomorrow, since a Jason Stanley. It's his birthday. And had another one, uh, Michael Bowser. A long-time karate practitioner here in the Northwest, uh, just a very skilled uh, practitioner. His birthday is on the 6th, um, and I think that's it. Oh, no, another uh, uh, a classmate of mine from uh, years ago when I was doing uh, Kudo, Jian Chung. His birthday is also that same day, the uh, 6th, and I think that's it. It for my oh, birthday. So for, but Rusty, didn't didn't your uh, buddy Bowser used to sing for Sha Na Na? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> In fact, you know that 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 reminds me. I used to know the real name of the guy that played Bowser on Sha Na Na. I forgot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. I saw a recent you know, picture wrote, of him. Really? That, Where? Yeah, I saw a recent picture of him. Um, I, I don't know how I was. I came up on it. I was looking up some group, and then it came up with uh, similar groups, and Shanana was on there, and it gave uh, on Google. It gave like uh, you know a, a list and pictures of the um, of the original Shanana and uh, and following members because after Bowman left, 
then Shauna and I had like several incarnations and stuff. So, and uh, I saw a recent picture of him from at least a couple years ago. He still looks the same, just a little grayer. So, right on. <laughs> and you know what really sucks about that? That I actually knew his name. <laughs> I I used to I used to I used to think it was the coolest thing ever. All right, but so for everyone having a birthday the week of May 3rd through May 9th, this tune's for you. I want to want to wish you a happy birthday. I want to want to help you celebrate. I want to want to wish you lots of presents. Party, party in the island way You'll be jamming all night Till the light of day Your birthday, birthday is your day to shine Another year and you'll be looking fine So have a no worries, don't you hesitate It's time to party, party, time to celebrate birthday everyone have a great birthday week all right let's move on to some announcements for this week what are some announcements on your end there Sifu bob well the first one we're well actually i've got first of two that i'm going to announce till they're done we've got five more weeks until the masters hall of fame which Mm -hmm. for you you you, do you realize you're going to be in california again three months in a row yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be there. When am I being there? Next month. And then, um, in, wait, Dragon Fest is in July. And right. and uh, uh, Palma Camp Palma. is in August. Right. And, and, yeah, it's three months in a row. Bam, bam, bam. Three months in a row, yes. Yep. I'm just buying tickets. So- each month, that's it. I already got my that's, ticket to the Masters Hall of Fame. <laughs> that's it. And I don't know where we stand with the Masters yet because we were allowing 50 inductees. Well, those 50 inductees have passed. Now they're getting uh, in. They're getting swamped with other people that want to be, that want to answer, that want to accept the nomination for induction. And it looks like we may have to turn some people away, and I hate to see that. Yeah, yeah. So, and I was I was pretty <clears throat> I was pretty sad to think that uh, some of my nominees were probably not going to make it. However, I did hear back from um a couple of my nominees, uh, Maestro Ramon Martinez and Jeanette Martinez, and they contacted me and they said they apologized for the delay, but they were doing seminars all over the place and um, unfortunately, because the winter was so bad on the East Coast, they live in New York, and we remember how bad the winter was. It was just too hard for them to like get kind of like caught up and back on their feet after that very hard winter. So um, they're not going to be able to make it. And um, I was kind of sad, but I'm going to nominate them again next year and see what happens. So absolutely, uh, yeah. Now, the, my nominees who have made it so far. Are, uh, there's one name that slips on mine. I remember his name is Michael. But there's Terry Reed, uh, Clark Tang, Tony Collins, uh, Chris Boto, uh, 
who else? Uh, Pat, our good friend Patrick McDaniel. He's also up, and he's coming out for it. Oh, and I did. I I want to apologize. I made a full pot last Sunday when I announced Terry uh, uh, Tony Collins being a bodyguard for the governor of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually not the governor. It's it's a guy running for governor. Oh, I good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, Dragon Fest, July 18th and 19th. In beautiful downtown Burbank at the Burbank Holiday Inn, the vendors will be First Citizen Bank, Artistry of Carol Blaylock, MarshallArtMarshallInfo.com, West Coast Wing Chun with Sandra Kwok, Wing Chun Temple with Clark Tang, Sidekick Publication, Alan Woodman, Jeremy Lou's Hyperactive Monkey Book, Daryl Vidal, the Museum Store, which the Museum Store, I'm assuming that it's their shirts and hats and jewelry and everything that the museum has to sell. Uh, mm. And all, all their books. Uh, the Stunt People with Eric Jacobus. Way of the Balazon with Paul Factura, an old training partner of mine. James Santee. Film The Underdogs with Philip Ree, Ed Parker Jr. The Martial Arts Kid, James Wilson. The uh, film The Chemist with Art Camacho, Trin FX. UK Customs, Valley Martial Arts Supply, Sal Kowalu, Lua Weapons, Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio, Kane Masters with Mark Shuey, a very good friend of ours, uh, Robert Parham, Martial Arts Mania, Samurai Sports, that is Dana Abbott. And then the special guest will be Joe Montagna of Criminal Minds, Steve Oderkirk from Gung Pao and the Fist, Cynthia Rothrock, Benny Akitas. Fumio Demura, Oliver Bruner, Al Leong, Doug Wong, Gary Wong, Don the Dragon Wilson, Art Camacho, Sal Koalu, Philip Ree, Simon Ree, John Timaki, Carl Totten, Robin Shaw, James Blue, Eric Lee, Takaboda, Bill Miyazaki, and Cecil Peoples. Wow, they've got a wow. lot this year. <clears throat> two two days next, yeah. they expect well over 2,000 people this year. Last year, they yeah. got almost two hundred. Wow, that's a that's a lot. <laughs> that's, that's it's going to be fun. It's going to be so much fun, folks. You guys better get your tickets because they're it's, they're it's going be quick. Blast. Oh, they are going so fast, and it's twenty five dollars for one day, thirty dollars for two. I mean, do you remember at their busiest point, we were right in the corner in the back, so we could see down two aisles, and uh-huh. there was one time we could not see. The other side of the room. No, because I can't see the other wild, side of the room people. either because I'm so short. But <laughs> right. I, I was going to go there, but I didn't. I'm glad you picked it up. <laughs> I can't even see because all I see are people's like chests and navel because I'm so short. But it was it was so crowded, and I'm hoping that this this year now that there's two days, there's going to be plenty uh, plenty more room for plenty more people to come in and enjoy the vendors and. Um, say hello to favorite celebrities and stuff like that. So, you know, come on by and check out the Dynamic Dojo booth there. We'll be there both days at Dragon Fest. It'll be cool. <clears throat> All right. I've got just a couple um, of uh, uh, stuff. The um, I was going to say that if anybody ever wants to visit Seattle, the best time to do it is late spring 
and early summer um, because we've got all sorts of festivals um, starting this month, like uh, next, next, is it next Saturday, I think? No, May 16th. I mean, we've got funky festivals like the, the annual Seattle Pierogi Festival. You know what a pierogi is? It's it's that Polish food. It's like it's kind of like a dumpling, like a big dumpling, right? But you can have mushroom and meat and and like all sorts of stuff and it's sauerkraut and it's really really good. And they have a they have a big festival <clears throat> um here. Let me uh, go back to the calendar and see if I can um find the date. I know it's uh, it's I know it's on the uh, 16th. I just got to figure out where it is. Pierogi Festival. Oh, here it is. It's going to be yeah, May 16th at 1714 18th Avenue, Seattle, Washington. Um there's going to be all sorts of uh workshops and entertainment regarding the Polish culture as well as Pierogi, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, meat, potato, and cheese inside a, a, a dumpling, you can't go wrong with that. Meat, potato, and cheese, dude. Okay? You can get a plate full of pierogi. That's 12 pierogi for 10 bucks. I think I know where I'm going. <laughs> oh, I, I wanted to mention, do you guys have, speaking of a lot of food, do you guys have Little Caesars up there? Yeah, we do. Okay, have you seen the new commercial for their new pizza? No. Three and a half feet of bacon wrapped around the crust, topped with bacon as well. Sweet. <laughs> I think what's it come with a deep fibrillator? Sweet. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Do they deliver? I forget if. Little Caesars delivers, but anyway, that's cool. Yeah, we have we have it here. It's 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 uh it's not as big as like Papa John's, um, or oh, there's another one. But anyway, Papa John's is pretty big over here too. Um, so anyway, pierogi, the Seattle Pierogi Fest, May sixteenth, eleven thirty a.m. to four p.m. at seventeen fourteen Eighteenth Avenue, Seattle nine eight one two two. Go get a plate full of pierogi for ten bucks. That'll feed two to three people, right there. All right, um, and also another reason to visit Seattle in the early summer is our annual Sea Fair. Sea Fair is a month full of festivals and and street. Uh, fairs and all sorts of stuff, uh, hydro races, can't forget the hydroplane races, um, and all sorts of car shows and, and uh, aeronaut- uh, aeronautical shows and also maritime shows as well. So come on out to Seattle, folks. And, and if any of our martial arts friends decides to come out to Seattle, look me up and uh, hopefully I can find some time to take you all around. Okay, so that's enough of the of plugging Seattle. I want to do one more shout out for the uh PAMA camp, the Pacific Association of Women's Martial Artists is having their annual training camp August 14th through the 17th at Camp Campbell in Boulder Creek, California. Um the teacher lineup consists of some of the best women's martial arts instructors in the United States. Professor Jane Carr and Katie Murphy-Stevens will be teaching traditional Danzanru Jiu-Jitsu. Sifu Michelle Dwyer will be teaching internal arts, Tai Chi, namely. Sensei Haley Holm, teaching Tang Sudo. Sifu Sunny Jones, Kenpo Karate and Extreme Martial Arts. 
Sifu Lynn Kessler, Dos Padres Escola, and Kaju Kembo. Kelly Kusumoto, Wrestling. Kumu Michelle Manu, Kaivalu, Hawaiian Lua, and Hula. Sifu Michelle McVaden, Kaju Kembo. Katie Kasada Sensei, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Yoga. Sifu Jen Resnick, Chinese Internal Arts. Uh, Shihan Deramasi, Hako Densharu Jiu Jitsu and Iaido. Master Su Zifang will be teaching Tai Chi, and that's going to be a big draw because she is a very well respected uh, Chinese martial artist um, from China. And uh, Sensei Nikki Smith will be teaching Judo, and I'll be teaching Whip. So to get more information about Pama, just go to pawma.org, pama.org. You don't have to be a member of the Pacific Association of Women's Martial Artists to attend. However, do note that the camp fee will be slightly higher than if you were a member. And uh, so be a member. It's a it's a it's a great organization, one of three organizations, uh, three of the only organizations in the United States um, that uh, cater uh, specifically to martial arts for women. So go check it out. All right. So any more uh, announcements on your end or do we well, get them we want? Well, you want? know what? Let's, let's talk about the Masters real quick. You know, the Masters yeah, let's coming do it. up June 6th. You're, you're coming in on June 4th. I'm taking Friday off. We've got just for our inductees, uh, we've got a bowling night coming up on Thursday, March 4th, which is really cool because I was talking to Brandon last night, my boy, and mm-hmm. uh, he's he's really hooking us up. And they that is the night that they do cosmic bowling. Oh, so, is that and, where they turn on the lights o'clock, out? Yep, at 8 o'clock, they shut them all down. So we're going to get there around 7, 7.30, uh, which is going to be pretty cool. Now, if you're not being inducted and want to show your support, like last year, there were a lot of guys I knew, Paul Van Meter, uh, Mark Holdley, all these guys who weren't getting inducted, but they wanted to come and support the organization and support other people who are getting inducted. Mm-hmm. If you want to do that, that would be great. Phenomenal hotel. It's going to be at the Roosevelt Hotel mm-hmm. uh, on Hollywood Boulevard. Tickets are one ninety five, And uh, it's... It, <laughs> You know, Dan was on the show last week, and I almost choked when he said it's going to cost you $35 for parking. Do not park on the street on Hollywood Boulevard. They will tow. Well, yeah, they will uh, tow you, and that's more expensive than 35 bucks for parking. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so don't, don't uh, do anything this, stupid. This was a great year this year to have it there. Uh, yeah. But I think they're going to switch it back to the uh, Coast of Bay next year. Okay. Because uh, that is where, if you wait there long enough, you can you can uh, not pay for parking because the parking attendant will be gone home. Right. <laughs> I, I did that twice last year where I just outlasted the parking again. Uh, yeah. Those that will be attending confirmed will be Cynthia Rothrock, Don Wilson, and possibly Frank Dukes. We haven't gotten a confirmation on Frank yet. Mm, okay. But like last year, he will probably be sitting at my table. Yeah, yeah. So that, that'll be cool. Come on, come all. It'll be a blast. It will. And hopefully I can. we can get our tables put together. Oh, wait, we're in charge of the tables. We can do that. Yeah, um, anyway. yeah go figure, right? <laughs> We can we can put our tables anywhere we want. Anyway, it'll it'll be it'll be great, folks. So you know, come on out to just support. And you know, it's a great dinner too. 
uh, Hanchi Dan jumped through some hoops to make sure that the food was going to be exceptional. Um, so that way it'll be a night that uh, everyone will remember. So anyhow, That's very right. cool. Oh, That's, remember, uh, you know, oh, no matter what, ahead. they always put our tables together because we're like anyway. connected somehow. Yeah. Right? Yeah, which it's, is funny. It's like even somebody at work, I said, yeah, I, the guy I had to, to, to ask for the day off, I said, yeah, I've got this friend coming in. She's going to be staying with me. He looks me in the eye and says, Bob, you're married. <laughs> and, you know, it was funny. My wife just laughed at that, too. Yeah. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> you're no, like you... my sister. <laughs> That's right. That's gross. <laughs> I know, this is like, She's it's like my room. sister. That's gross. <sighs> Anyhow, yeah, it, uh, um, it'll be a fun weekend. Oh, and and whips. So, okay, I'm hoping that the L.A. whip enthusiasts are listening. So, Todd Rex, Paul Nolan, if you guys are listening, okay, Saturday, Saturday morning, I am meeting Pete Rafe, 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 I still don't know how to say his name, over there, and we're going to crack some whips over by the Batcave. So, we hope that you guys can come out there. Very good. Saturday, June 6th. We'll do breakfast first and probably meet up about 9, 9.30, go through yep. an hour or two of whips, and then get yep. ready for the mask. That's right. It'll be cool. All right. Let's move on to health news. All right. Lately, there's been a lot of research for activities that are very beneficial for people that have Parkinson's disease. Tai Chi is one of those uh, one of those activities because um, it involves slow, controlled movements and allows the practitioner to relax. However, now the therapeutic activity of boxing is getting a big push through an organization called Rocksteady Boxing, which has a curriculum that is specifically geared toward Parkinson's. So I've got a little bit of an audio clip here that I want to play for everyone. My name is Miriam Brown and I'm 51 and I was diagnosed with Parkinson's in October of 2008. I was doing a Parkinson's physical therapy program and the physical therapist told me I should really look into Rocksteady Boxing. Rocksteady Boxing is a boxing-based, non-contact training program specifically designed for people with Parkinson's. We do all the exercises and the drills that boxers do, but what we do is we adapt them to the needs of people who have Parkinson's. I feel empowered, it strengthens my upper body and it creates an ease of movement, a certain fluidity that I don't have in daily life. I can do footwork much more easily, which is very important. Basically, they tell you if you don't use it, you lose it. So you have to keep moving. Parkinson's disease affects about five to six million people throughout the world, and in particular in the United States, there are a million and a half cases. There are several clinical studies that have been carried out in the last few years. They were showing the importance of exercise for Parkinson's disease and actually high-intensity exercise has been shown to be one of the best for Parkinson's disease. And boxing just happens to be the quintessential high-intensity exercise. 
Fighting against Parkinson's is a daily activity. I mean, you have to, like, beat it. And I think boxing is, it mirrors that idea of fighting the disease you're fighting. And it's a good release of anger and frustration at the same time. I think it's great to find people that you can relate to that share the same illness and, you know, try to look at it not as a handicap, but a different way of life and do the best you can to support each other and live life to the fullest. All right. Who's next? How cool is that? Right? Rock steady yeah. boxing. So anyone that wants more information about Rock the Rock Steady program or if you want to start a program in your area, you can get more information at rocksteadyboxing.org. Pretty cool. All right. So with that, let's move on to Weird News. Weird News. Well, this lady here, <laughs> she, she has some anger issues, hmm. to say the least. Is, is this happening in Israel? Huh. Israel Police Wednesday released okay. shocking security video of a woman setting a gasoline pump on fire in Jerusalem, allegedly because a man refused to give her a cigarette. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow. I'm, like, I'm, I'm like dying here, right? This, this Apparently she had the lighter, funny. but just no cigarette, right? That's right. And boy, was she upset. Uh, amazingly, no one was hurt, police said. The That's woman good. was arrested after the incident Tuesday and denied having set the blaze intentionally. Mickey hmm. Rosenfeld, Rosenfeld, foreign spokesman for Israel's police forces, said in a statement, a woman approached a man while filling his petrol tank. And for those of you over here, that's their gas petrol. tank. <laughs> Petrol, yeah. Petrol. And asked for a cigarette. When he refused to give it to her, she pulled out a lighter from her pocket and ignited the petrol pump, Roosevelt said. The oh, car gosh. owner reacted quickly by pulling the pump that was on fire from his tank and fleeing. Petrol station workers extinguished the fire. Wow. Oh, my God. Jeez, you know, I mean, if that guy didn't, like, pull that pump out and, and go, his car would have gone up. I mean, that's that's crazy. <sighs> you know, his gas tank would have blew up. Or the, the whole station would have blew up. I mean, hello. So, people with anger management problems, <laughs> <laughs> stop it. Just yes. stop it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is my weird. That that absolutely classifies for weird. That is weird. That is weird. Okay, let's move on to entertainment news. Entertainment news. Well, something I wasn't aware of, women don't have a monopoly on people making them feel like sexual objects. Hmm. So says Dancing with the Stars dancer... I don't even think I'm going to attempt this. Val <laughs> Chermakovsky, 
Val's partner, Rumor Willis, was licking her chops at the the prospect. Val and Artem will be shirtless on the show next week. And Val explained there's more to him in Arlem than just pecs and a handsome face. Val got handsy with Artem during Friday's rehearsal to punctuate this point. Wow. Mm. Poor bastard. Mm. Oh, he's being he's being held as a sex object. Oh yeah. my god. Really? Jeez. It's like guys <laughs> welcome this. Women want it stopped. Guys say, please treat me like I'm a sexual object. Which is funny because it's like, I think for the guys that want to be, you know, looked at like a Chippendales dancer or whatever, um, you know, I I think it's because, you know, there's always that, that, that connotation that guys are the ones that are, that, that do the object, uh, objectification of women. Right. And, um, you know, women tend to go, you know, whatever, you know, we tend to like put up our hand and go talk to the hand, you know, if guys start uh, making like weird comments like that. And honestly, you know, with uh, some, some of us women, it kind of like brings down the attractive factor toward guys, like down like 10 levels. <laughs> right. Right. I thought you were cute and now you're just a dick. You know, that's kind of <laughs> where we are with that. Right. <laughs> now you're the ugliest thing on the earth, and that's kind of where we are. But you know, that's 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 funny that it's going the other way around. <laughs> All right. Well, well. Again, the listeners, our phone number here is three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. Let's go ahead and take a short four minute break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by Guru Rocky Twitchell. So don't go away, folks. We'll be right back after this. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri, was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of him having 15 career NASCAR victories, one in 1.7 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism, one in 68. I'm Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. You know, a lot of kids in my neighborhood have really believe me. There's these teenagers around my neighborhood who sometimes just ride around us on their bikes calling calling us swear words and like throwing stuff at us. He grabbed my jacket just to get in line first and he was running after me and then he grabbed me by the hood and I started choking. I wasn't doing anything. He called me gay because he didn't like me. Bullying is wrong because it like hurts people's feelings and it makes you feel bad about yourself. It can make someone feel uncomfortable and scare them and make them not want to go back to school. It lowers their self-esteem. And it doesn't just always hurt on the outside. It also hurts on the inside. But do you know what I say when he's bothering me? I say, don't do that. If you don't stop, then I'll go tell the teacher. Stop. Could you please not do that anymore? Just stop. Stop bullying. This is not cool.
Hi folks, this is Ristita De Jesus of Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. And I just want to send a shout out to a good friend of the Dynamic Dojo show, Mr. Justin Harvey. Now Justin's got two big passions in the world, and those are radio and martial arts. A student of Frank Duke's, Justin is a true student of the arts. Now, Justin has cerebral palsy, but that doesn't stop him at all. In fact, if somebody says that something can't be done, Justin will just get out there and do it, no matter what. He's the host of The Justin Harvey Show and has had guests such as Cynthia Rothrock, Frank Dukes, Ernie Reyes Sr. and Jr., Eric Lee, and many more. The Justin Harvey Show is syndicated on iTunes, so what are you waiting for? Go check it out. Hi, this is Frank Dukes. This is T.J. Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show? If you do... You can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamic dojo radio host at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Dokey, and we are back. This is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Ristita and Robert. All right. I'd like to take this time to bring on our show and introduce um, a gentleman with a very diverse background in the martial arts, um, including Savat, Filipino martial arts, uh, just all sorts of stuff. Boxing, if I remember correctly, he was a Golden Gloves Golden Gloves fighter. So please help me welcome Guru Rocky Twitchell to the show. Guru Rocky, how you doing? Great. How about you great. guys? Awesome. Pretty cool. Go great. Hawks. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's like I have to tell this story. I remember um I was uh in California for a Palma uh retreat. Uh, a couple years ago, and Guru Rocky invited me to his uh, to his studio, and I'm like, sure, because I don't have to be at the at the meetup until later on that evening. So, you know, uh, I'm like, well, what's your address? How can I find you? And he gave me the address, and I'm driving in my little rental car, and I'm like, where's this address? And I see this big flag that has a big 12 on it. And knowing that knowing that Guru Rocky is an avid Seahawks fan, I'm like, I think I found the house. And I just pulled in. That's right. <laughs> and I was like, I found the house. <laughs> it's right here. The only 12 flag on that whole block. <laughs> it's really That's great. right. Awesome. Surrounded by Niners fans. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that that's so awesome! Well, thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to join us today. So, um, I know we had you on our show uh, about a year ago, I think, a year and a half. It's been a while, about right. And 
Yeah, and uh, I decided, hey, you know, I think it would be kind of cool to have Rocky on the show again because it's it's been a while, and and uh, it'll allow you to tell our listeners a little bit about your background and see uh, lot, and and I definitely want uh, some of our listeners to hear about rough and tumble. <laughs> so, can you sure. can you start off our listeners um, with your early days in martial arts with uh, savat and rough and tumble? Absolutely. In fact. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that. Just not too, uh, too long ago, my instructor who started me Karate Kid style in martial arts, uh, Shane Melanay, just passed away. Oh, no. He was, uh, he was 90, 91 years old, and uh, he just he just recently passed away. And so um, I'm now the official, uh, I guess, carrier of the rough and tumble fighting systems that he developed when he was, uh, when he was growing up and... Uh, uh, later on, became uh, 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 you know creating the the, the work and mm-hmm. uh, developing different systems and, and combining them into the, his system. So I'm the inheritor, I wow. guess, you say, of his of his system. So yeah, rough and wow. is a combination of basically judo, boxing, and uh, uh, cane fighting, and a little bit mm-hmm. of savat. So mm-hmm. that's what rough and tumble is. And if you see the movie. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, and you hear about mm-hmm, jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. It's right. relatively the same. It's just basically the same thing. It's the, it's just like he called it rough and tumble. You know, you're going to take a few bumps and bruises getting some of the moves, but uh, it's it's kind of has the same similarities as jiu-jitsu you see in the Sherlock Holmes movies. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, how did you find how did you find them? I well, mean, that's it, that's a rare art. I mean, it's rare. Very I mean, much you're so. The only- you're the only person that's inherited it, and as far as we know, uh, your teacher was the only person teaching it, correct? Correct. Uh, that is so cool. The, I grew up in a little small town in Northern California called Portola. Mm. Uh, it, it was a t- small town of 2,500 people. I graduated in a class of 50 people. Our graduating class was over in one hour uh, during our, our our ceremony. was let over in done in less than an hour, and we were all heading home. Uh, he, Shane Melanie moved into town just about the time when I just was in uh, junior high school, and I was getting picked on a lot. I know I've told this story before, but I was getting picked on a lot. And he came. He saw me one day when I came home with a black eye and a busted nose. He said, what's going on? I said, well, I get picked on at school a lot. He said, well, if you ever want to come to my house and learn how to defend yourself, let me know. Well, it took me about another year to finally get – beat up and pulverized a few more times before I, I came to his door and I said, hey, I'm tired of getting picked on. What is it I need to do? He says, well, I can teach you a martial art called rough and tumble fighting systems. And I said, sign me up because I'm getting tired of being picked on. So he started teaching me the fundamentals of that system. And before you know it, by the time I was a gee whiz, a sophomore in high school, nobody picked on me anymore just because of the, of the, the fact that I fought back. I had finally, you know, gained enough courage to say, hey, the bullies, leave me alone. I don't want to fight. I'm not a fighter. And then they keep picking me and hounding me, so I fight back. And finally they just realize the bullies are like, oh, well, you know, don't mess with Rocky because he fights back. So I kind of it kind of empowered me, too, because I realized, you know, with martial arts, I could have easily used it to do the same thing they were doing to me. I could mm-hmm. go around and pick on people, too, and take advantage of people. But I thought, no, I'm going to empower people the same way I was empowered. I I don't like bullies. I I hate bullies. I don't like especially elderly. You know, people picking on elderly people or just picking on people because of their color, their skin, or anything of that impact. So 
I, it just kind of empowered me to go, you know what, this would be a, my mission in life, is to be a martial art instructor and teach people how to defend themselves, especially their family or or in those types of terms. So that's what inspired me, and that's who I first started learning from is uh, Shane Melanie. And wow, it was really very for him cool. To move into my, you know, I have a small town in the middle of Northern California for this man to move in right next door to me and then start mm-hmm. teaching. So it was, a great, it was a great kickoff for me. So I was really fortunate to have him come into my life. And, of course, I was into Bruce Lee at the time, too. So Bruce Lee was very popular. And, you know, we all want to be little Bruce Lee's walking around, but you yeah. have a right physiques for, for Bruce. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Now, you um, actually got serious about the boxing aspect, didn't you? Can you tell us a little yes. bit about that? Yeah. he Shane in, uh, inspired me to uh, pick up a little bit of boxing because that was part of the rough and tumble too, learning how to how to strike. Well, when I graduated, I moved in with my father, who lived in southern Utah, and my dad used to be a fighter. And my dad says, you know, with all your experience that you built up over the years, you should uh, think about entering a local contest. And I said, sure. And I hung up a bag in the back of my dad's yard and started training for about three months, and then entered a local boxing contest and won it, and just went, wow, you know, this is this would be a great opportunity to learn how to, you know, go into the ring and travel the country and fight in a boxing team. So I joined a boxing team and traveled, and I became the Utah State Golden Glove champion at 147 pounds in 1991, plus with a bunch of other uh, credentials, you know, uh, tournaments and stuff like that. Uh, So I I never could win a national tournament, but I seemed to be okay with the state and regional tournaments. But as soon as I got to the nationals, you seem to run into a lot of really good skilled talent and really good fighters. So um, yeah, that's where I got my boxing experiences through Shane too. And also, my high school PE program used to get, uh, used to have boxing in it too. So that was kind of fun. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, just out of curiosity, as, as far as the boxing, yeah, what what did you think about that? Uh, uh that that little uh, audio snippet that we played about boxing as a therapeutic activity for Parkinson's. I thought it was the coolest oh. thing ever. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I heard that and I was, that, that's absolutely fantastic. This is really what it is. It's, it's, uh, it's a, that's it. it boxing is really good for a lot of things. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of people look at boxing or martial arts as physical violence, ways to harm or yeah. hurt, but people don't realize that it's actually a good way to recuperate the body Keep you know keep yourself healthy and strong and uh, a mm-hmm. lot of good therapeutic aspects, especially like with the Tai Chi too. You know, and the boxing mm-hmm. is really good. I mean, you get a good sweat, you learn how to defend yourself at the same time. So absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, like um, over at our studio, we've uh, we've been incorporating a lot more of uh, Parantukan uh, concepts. Uh, we just, you know, I just. Not that I stayed away from it, I just never did it, right? Um, yeah. I would do it as far as techniques, but now as far as like drills and stuff like that, we're like, oh, let's let's uh, let's involve a little more of the Filipino boxing aspect of it, just basic stuff. And it's it's like, pardon the expression, it's a kick ass workout. Um, Absolutely. I was, like, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I forgot that like you know several rounds will like kick your butt <laughs> it's like you know <laughs> it's great very true yeah all right so uh let's bring the mic over to see through bob, <laughs> see through bob. bob I'm you, know, you, you hey. were mentioning 
Hey, Rocky, you were mentioning something. I know you probably didn't remember I was on the air anymore. She yeah. does that oh, quite often. Oh, I knew uh, that. You know, I think it's funny because you learn how to fight back against bullies, and once you learn how to fight back, they leave you alone. They want mm-hmm. an easy target. That's their mentality. That's right. You know, and it's it's absolutely quite funny. You hit one time, that's it. And mm-hmm. hopefully their friends don't jump on you, but <laughs> that's a right. you have to say. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> uh, now, being that you're multicultural martial arts and Jeet Kune Do, there's a lot, which a lot of the, the Jeet Kune Do practitioners study, they say there's a lot in Thai boxing and so forth. But you separated the boxing as well. Was it easier for you studying different arts to blend them, so to speak? Yeah, that's just, no, it hasn't been that hard, actually. It's, uh, I've, I've been able to separate them. Uh, I've worked previously on trying to keep them separate because I know a, a few people I've met, they, that uh, I bet you put boxing in your free lot. And I go, no, I do not. I keep it as traditional as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually been relatively easy for me to keep it separate. But I, I do like each aspect of it because if you break it down into what Bruce broke it down into, and like Sifu Larry Hartshell taught me, you break it down into four ranges. You, you break it into kicking, punching, trapping, and grappling. You break it down that way, it seems, and make it flow between the four, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, you know, some people I've talked to, because I was a JKD practitioner for many years, and they look at it and they, they try to break down the spot compared to the Jeet Kune Do or, or compared to a blend, because there are only so many ways you can throw a jab. Like, that's one right. way. So they look at it and going, well, that's this or that's that. Well, no, this is the bot. It's, it's Sabat means shoe. It means kicking with your shoes on. You know what I mean? So they're That's like, right. you're you're doing a blend of boxing with, with kickboxing. No, this is Sabat. It's not boxing. It's Sabat. It handles things mm-hmm. a little bit differently. But if you look at it, you may not get that part. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, what were what were what went through your mind when you found out that Sifu was nominating you for the Masters Hall of Fame? <laughs> Actually, I. To be honest and truthful, I got a little scared. <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Are you kidding me? I know, I know so many other people that would deserve that deserve this this uh, this nomination. I know so many people that deserve it more than I do." But then I look back too, and I go, "You know, I've been doing this for quite a long time, so it really feels good to be recognized." Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a little battle between both. You know, I don't feel like I don't feel like I deserve it. But at the same time, I feel like it's a great accomplishment and it's a great way to, because I've dedicated my life since, you know, those early days with Shane, I've dedicated myself to what I'm doing and it makes it, it makes me feel really good that I'm getting some acknowledgement for it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, and, okay. you know, and you were one of the first people I thought of uh, because, you know, when I, when I walked into Rocky's studio, he, I mean, he teaches out of his garage and you walk <laughs> in though, and it, the, 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 it's like a different universe. You walk in and you are in a martial arts school. That's the, that's the vibe. And I thought to myself, you know, it's always the best instructors that don't have a 5,000 square foot facility with a hot tub and showers and fancy junk on the wall. 
air conditioning, you know, the best people are the people that teach out of their backyard, out of their homes or in the park. And that kind of planted the seed in my head. I was like, okay, I, you know, I, I know who's going to get like on the roster here sometime soon. And so this year, this year I thought, yeah, I'm going to get a hold of Rocky. And you were the first person I contacted. I was. Well, thank you yes. very much. <laughs> you are welcome. Very good. All right. So when Back you, to when Bob you coming down to the Masters? When are you coming down to the Masters, Rocky? I'm actually coming down to the Masters. I'll be there the 5th, the 6th, and the 7th. I'm coming down early morning on the 5th and leaving oh, late in the afternoon on the 7th. Because we're, we're actually having a bunch of uh, our inductees for a bowling night on Thursday. Would you make it? Okay. Which, I, I, I should be able to. Well, let's see. Well, I'll be there Friday, well, Saturday, the fifth, and Sunday. Yeah, the 5th is Friday, Bob. Yeah, I know. I know. I, that's why I said too bad you can't make it earlier. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe we could, like, do Oh, we'll do something. Maybe we'll hang out and have dinner. Where do you stand when you're here? Uh, well, I'm, uh, fortunately for me, my police department, I volunteer for the police department here as an active shooter instructor and mm-hmm. self-defense instructor, and they have graciously offered to give me uh, to pay my way. I, I, when, Whoa! I did, yeah, when Rosita told me that the first time, you know, I'm coming down, I'm going, I can't afford it. I don't, I'm, I'm a broke man. I'm not, I'll never make it. My uh, police chief says, hey, we'd like to contribute because, you know, pay you back some way for, for volunteering for us all the time and being there at, you know, at any given time. You're always there for us. And so they're going to pay my way down. So hopefully I'm going to stay at the hotel. Wow. Wow. Because wow. I don't know that a lot of people are staying there because that's like 300 bucks a night. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> Thank God I'm coming this way because I would never stay there. I haven't well, researched it yet, but I know I um, I was just trying to make sure I got my paperwork in on time and got my flight booked. So I figure if I got to sleep in my car or sleep on a shrub, I'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> right. oh, wow, that is so that is so nice. That is so cool. Those guys at the Isn't department, they get, a, yeah. they get a round of applause. <laughs> round of applause. Uh, really, really came came through for me on that. So it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic feeling. That's that's so awesome. Kudos to the UC Davis department. Yay! Yes. Very cool. Uh, it'll Very it'll be cool. it'll be fun. So yeah, we'll we'll figure out something for Friday the fifth. Like yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, Very cool. Awesome. Now, um, I've got a question about other martial arts. So. Um, you're also a very, um, very skilled Filipino martial arts uh, practitioner, and um, I know you had mentioned uh, Larry Hartzell. Um, who are some of your other instructors in the Filipino martial arts? Oh, and shouldn't you say that a lot of my Filipino instructors are relatively close. They live in Stockton. One of mm-hmm. my main instructors is Carlito Bonjock, mm-hmm. part of the, the Mata Sagbayo organization. Mm-hmm. One of my other really close uh, instructors. His name is Master Harry Green. Uh, he lives just here in, in Sacramento. He does the uh, Thorata uh, system under Carlito. Mm-hmm. And then my most recent has been Willie Lariano out of uh, L.A. And wow, he's very cool. part of the Inosanto Lariano Kali Silat Pagamut system. And mm-hmm. he was just here a few weeks ago, and he's really good in all the areas, you know, that I spoke about earlier, the kicking, the punching, mm-hmm. the trapping, the grappling. And so my major influence right now is Willie Lariano. 
So that's been a real big blessing to us because he comes up here and, and holds uh, two-day seminars with us. So Wow. But uh, I really love the Filipino martial arts because the Filipino martial arts is a complete system. It, it goes from A to Z, and it has it, it fills in everywhere, and it's a, it's a mm-hmm. battle-tested system. You know, they, yep. the, the Filipinos use it to defend themselves and fight with it. So it's a battle-test system, so that's why I really enjoy it. Very cool. Now, you studied with Guru Dan also, right? Or you still do, Yes, correct? Yes, I still do. Um, I, I, I go to L.A. about every two years or even at least once a year to go down there and spend a week, go to the Inno Santo Academy and, uh, and train there. If I don't get down there and train with him on a yearly basis, he always does come up here to Stockton, and mm-hmm. the local Bahalana group up here hosts him and they come he comes for two days and trains so if i don't get to see him when he comes up here on a to stockton i always somehow find my way to get down there and train with him at the at the academy and i've been doing that since uh 05 very cool stockton yeah stockton is the melting pot for filipino martial arts like you know now that all now that all the old manongs are are Passing away, you know, it's a, it's a good thing that the Manongs passed on uh, the the arts to to this generation, and it's still going strong in Stockton. Just so cool. Yes. <laughs> Very. Yes, cool. absolutely. Stockton is the has been known as Little Manila, and uh, mm. it's really true. It has a it's a true, and it's interesting too. A lot of the people that are carrying on. The old Manongs have died. They're actually they're keeping it true, and they're doing the best they can to preserve the art. So it's been it's a mm-hmm. beautiful thing to have them so close. That's cool. And here I am living in Seattle. <laughs> oh, hey, Seattle's awesome up there too. Yeah, well, it, it, it's awesome up here, but man, we don't have a Stockton. You know what I mean? We don't have a, a, a city that that is uh, so peppered with, you know the historical aspect of Filipino martial True. arts or, or Filipino American history in general. I mean, Stockton yes, was, very true. was the place and yeah, we don't, we don't, well, we do. I mean, Seattle is, you know, is another one of those places where people, it was either Stockton or Seattle. Um, or uh, there's an, there's another city up here that a lot of the Filipinos went to uh, Wapato. Wapato was a, was a place where a lot of the Filipinos uh, immigrated to, but, Definitely, it's not Stockton up here. So. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes right. I, I wish you. I lived down there. And then when I hear Sifu Bob talking about the weather, I go, "Nope, I'm I'm gonna stay here in Seattle." <laughs> 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 All right, Sifu. Speaking of Sifu Bob, Sifu Bob's got the next question. <laughs> I, you know, Ryan, she like loves to put me on the spot because she'll stop in the middle of what she's doing and say, "Bob, back to you." And I'm like, yeah. sort of in the lab. I'm. I'm like doing research on you, and she's like, "Bob, you're up." <laughs> <laughs> My texting isn't working. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, okay. Well, and it's funny, Rock, because everybody thinks we just get on this show and we talk and we socialize. We're we're Facebooking, we're texting, we're asking questions. There's a, actually a lot more work that goes into this show than. And people believe, and and uh, uh, I do it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's our job. If we can make it look like we're just talking to people, like like sitting around having a beer, then 
then yeah, we've done something right. But it's like what do they call it? The duck the the duck syndrome where it's all good up top and then underneath we're floundering. <laughs> yes. Oh, I I've had a lot of shows like that. Oh my god. Especially when things go wrong, you can't get a hold of your guests or your audio's gone or or we had that last <laughs> week or the week before. Absolutely insane. So now do you teach other programs as well? Because you grew up being bullied. Do you teach anti-bullying programs, maybe approach schools, that sort of thing? Well, I really don't. I, I'm not. I'm partially part of some programs here, and I and I mean by partially is I've I've, I've offered my time and, and uh, my training to groups around here, anti-bullying groups, but I that they never seem to hook up. We never seem to really get together. But I do teach it in my martial arts program. I teach ethics, morals, and values whenever I teach my students because I've had some students come from different systems, and it's interesting to note that those systems never really talk about bullying. They talk about, well, you get this guy down, he's all on fours, you kick out his leg, and then you smash him in the head with your foot, and then you and then you escape. I teach my students, yeah, you know, a man attacks you in a grocery store, you take him down, you restrain him, you be the first one to call 911, and then get this matter resolved. Um, and, and not not harm your harm your opponent. You know, if you know you can handle the person, take them down and, and hold them at bay. That's what it's for. If you have to hit and run, you do so. If you're a young child being abducted, trying to be abducted by some crazy man, you run and you don't fight. But uh, I've just never been able to hook up with any anti-bullying programs because I'm, I'm either too busy or they never we can never touch face with each other. And but I do teach in my class because it's very important to teach people that. You know, there's some consequences for you to go out and get in a fight with somebody and then really hurt and harm them because you do martial arts. You know, what's going to happen when the police come and you say, well, yeah, I'm a, I trained this guy Rocky and he's teaching me how to punch and I took this guy out and what was he, what was he trying to do? He was trying to get a dollar off me. You know, I'm like, or mm. beg for food. Well, you know, or, you know, you take a guy down. It's not about ego. It's about, you know, protecting yourself, protecting your family, and sometimes protecting your enemy. And I learned that from a gentleman named Jack Hoban, and I'm sure that may ring a bell to you because he's uh, a ninjutsu a practitioner. Mm-hmm. And I just met him a couple of years ago, and I had his book, um, The Ethical Warrior, is now part of my curriculum. So I make all my instructors, all my students read the book and become that person that's ethical, moral, and has some values because some of these schools around here Sacramento has a lot of martial arts schools, and the, mm-hmm. the, the mindset some of these guys teach is uh, it's 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 just kind of out of sight. Sometimes they really get a little too violent and a little too abusive, and it's, some people need to have uh, a few morals and ethics and learn that uh, you know sometimes you can get uh, become an adult and still be a bully, which is very mm-hmm. unfortunate. So I do not teach that at my school. I I teach that no one, no one becomes a bully when they learn their skills. And then uh, I, but I do I emphasize, you know, that once they learn to master some of these martial arts, they just don't, you don't go around bullying people and your mindset is real important. Very cool. Very cool. Yes, absolutely, absolutely right. You know, because I figured out a couple of years ago that, you know, because the Internet and the technology now, all you have to do is Google my name. I don't want to get in a fight because it's too easy to find out information about me. 
It is. Okay, I gotta, I gotta try this. Hold on, I've never done that. <laughs> Let me try this, Robert. <laughs> Let's see, Robert Deal. Whoa, wait! Uh, and, it said Robert Deal Lubbock. Hold on, let me. And don't pay attention to that being at the uh, somewhere in at Marquette Houston. University. Marquette yeah, University, Doctor Robert J. Deal. Okay, this is what pops up on my on on my screen. It uh, the first thing that pops up is Doctor Robert J. Deal, and then it pops up your Facebook uh, uh, page. But on the side, because I've got Google Contacts attached to my uh, attached to my account, it lists your um, your uh, Google Plus profile on here and right. uh and then everything else is facebook linkedin linkedin uh oh, dr robert j deal camp budoshin google plus yeah. yeah. that was that was a camp i taught at several years ago yeah oh boy now some apparently somebody tried to uh tried to search because you know like down at the bottom uh, it has like related searches. Someone tried to search Robert Deal Don as uh, you know D A N. So somebody was like looking for that. Um, so don't know why, but it says so right here under Budoshin after uh, Sam Combs, who's a ninth Don Kesatsu Aikido. It says Robert Deal fifth Don. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, anything that anything that you look up has a picture of Robert doing martial arts or mentions martial <laughs> arts. Wow. It's, it's a, yeah. It's the same thing with mine according to uh according to uh, my business partner, she searched my name. We did ego searches one time. I searched her name and she searched mine. She's like, "Good lord." <laughs> you're throwing knives you're you're like cracking whips and breaking bricks and what's going on man i'm like oh yeah well you hear you are throwing people with a stick you've got a knife down somebody's throat it, yeah whatever so <laughs> don't break into her house yeah you know and uh, speaking of, speaking of the bullying thing because you know it it, it the 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 subject is near and dear to many people, including me and in, including Robert, too, because I know Robert's been bullied. I was bullied a lot because I was just small. I've been stuffed in lockers. I've been, you know, yeah. hit, punched, kicked, and, and uh, you know, literally jabbed at with pencils. And like you said earlier, where you said, I hate bullies. I can't stand them. I can't either. And uh, it's a – and I, I think that's one of the reasons why I kept up with martial arts. I didn't want to be – that that victim anymore and I didn't want to see anyone else to, uh, to be that victim and to hear you um mention what you teach and you know about how not to be a bully with these skills um you know that's that's cool because you know everyone in a sense knows that when they go to a martial arts studio but not all studios will address that to kids no nope. You know, they just teach the technique, and and luckily the students will get good and find that self confidence. But you know, sometimes I think it's important that that teachers actually mention that out loud to their kids and young adults and stuff like that. So, so kudos to you for kudos to you for for teaching that to uh, to people, young people, and stuff like that. So, um, 
tell us a little bit about your C-Lot background, please. Uh, my C-Lot. My C-Lot, uh, it comes from many different sources. Right now, uh, I'm currently, I train with William DeTorres, and he comes to Truckee approximately about once a year, a little small uh, a camp called uh, uh, Masters on the Mountain. It's mm-hmm. a real good time to get to meet with him. Uh, my other C-Lot comes from Ishmael Sanjadi. He's a gentleman that lives back east that I bumped into when I was back working for the police department. I went to an active shooter class in Washington, D.C. for a whole entire week. We had a day off, and the first day I had off, I ran off to a martial arts school, and it was a C-Lot school, and I hooked mm-hmm. up with some gentlemen there, and then I, Ishmael Sanjadi comes down here to Oakland and trains approximately every six months. So um, I'm trying to keep myself in the C-Lot loop. Two years ago, I was able to train with uh, uh, Rita Thawanda, who was from the mm-hmm. Monte Buddha system. So it's real nice, too. San Francisco, uh, Sacramento, some of these little spots around here seem to have a lot of uh, influx of outward sources, meaning that we get a lot of travel. A lot of people come and travel through our airport and our cities. So it's kind of knowing that San Francisco and Sacramento are, are international airports, for some reason it attracts a lot of people that want to come train. So mm-hmm. I gather, I just grab on to anybody I can possibly train with at any time. But I do like the heart of C-Lot practitioners that when they've come from, a, you know, they are they were born and raised there and now they're American citizens or they, or they, uh, they travel a lot and they like to, to teach because see mm-hmm. a lot for the longest time wasn't an art that people shared. It was right. uh, more of a family art and they didn't really share it. So now it's just suddenly they're opening up just kind of like the Filipino martial arts. It was closed and no one really um, taught it outside. Now it seems it's, it's opening and blossoming and, and uh, I love see a lot. I, uh, I, Anytime anyone comes to town who I hear from that says uh, they have a slot master coming to town, I'm the first one to sign up. Because Very I'm cool. just, it's, a, it's an art that a lot of people haven't studied, and it's an absolutely great art because it's uh, a smaller person who can take down a larger person. And it's uh, the, the history, the culture, the food, everything about the, the, you know, the Indonesian slot I really, really like. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Kali was so secret around uh, Sifu Rusty's house, her dad wouldn't even show her? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and according to my mom, it was because I never asked. You know, (laughs) I got to clear this up with everybody (laughs) because that's a funny story. Okay, so here's the story again. Right, so I get into martial arts, you know, eight, nine years old, and my dad's like, "Oh, very cool, you know, you're doing karate, that's awesome." And he was a great supporter. And every time I got a bloody nose or a fat lip, my mom's like, "That's it, you're quitting." And my dad goes, "No, she can't quit. You know, she wow. needs to learn. She needs to like, she needs to learn, right?" I'm like, "Okay." So me and my sister would put up with the black eyes and junk like that. Well, anyway, um, and we we knew about the stories about Santiago Toledo, our great grandfather. You know that uh, oh. he was the founder of Toledo Escrima, and that that other there were like you know legends about his some kind of trees and you know stuff like that. Right? We're like, oh, okay, stories. That's that's awesome. Well, one day my business partner came. 
um, over for dinner. And while we were getting dinner ready, um, Cheryl disappeared. She's out in the backyard. So I thought, oh, Dad's showing her the garden and stuff like that. No, I go back there, and my dad has an asparagus spade, and she's got, like, this branch. And they're, like, in the vegetable garden, and they're, like, clacking sticks, basically, right? And my dad's, like, grabbing and slicing and junk like that. I come stomping out there, and I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) All this time I've been studying Filipino martial arts. Why is it that you never showed me any of this? And uh, I stomp right back in, and they're all outside. And I'm like, Mom! And she's like, well... You never asked. <laughs> wow. Like, uh, uh, okay. So anyway, <laughs> so that's that. And uh, <laughs> since then, I've been I've been like on a mission to find anybody that knows anything about Toledo Escrima because I'd I'd love to just kind of see what it what it's like. Uh, maybe even try to like revive it somehow. So I don't yeah. know. I I don't, I don't even know where to start. That's the thing. Other than going to the Philippines, so I don't know. I'll have to. I'll well, that's fantastic. Something up. But, yep. So Dad didn't show me nothing. <laughs> 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 no, after that, uh, after that, he he would tell more stories and and uh, you know basic philosophies and stuff like that. Basically, uh, great granddad was all about the never never turn down a challenge and you know uh, and stay alive basically do whatever you need to you don't have to play fair um and it's like oh well okay that's good enough so yeah (laughs) playing fair (laughs) there is honor in that you don't have to play fair no absolutely not so rocky what was it like training with uh regent zawanda and is is are they related to guru herman yes that's uh Mm -hmm. is uh, Herman Sawanda's sister. Sister. Okay, got yep. What was it like training with her, and what is your favorite aspect of the sea lot? <laughs> well, well, training with Rita was absolutely awesome. I am never one to – I'm not a male chauvinist. I'm, I don't have a large ego. So training with a woman I had absolutely no problems with. And I'll tell you that she is the strongest, most agile woman I've ever met, besides mm-hmm. Rustita. But she – uh, she was throwing me around, and I'm like, "Where? Who?" Like a raw doll, and gripping me, and and, and uh, she had really strong hands. I mean, really, really tactical, very, very excellent mm-hmm. at what she does. And at no time ever felt, you know, like, "Wow, I'm having this woman. Uh, this is not fair. I should be training with a man." It was. I totally felt really comfortable training with her. She's very, very soft spoken. She's uh, very gentle, but yet. Um, she knows her art, and it was just—it's been an absolute pleasure training with her. And the, what I like about C. Lot is it's because it's manipulating a person. You're taking down a person. You can take that person down and harm them. You can take that person down and control them, which is really good for teaching law enforcement or mm-hmm. teaching anybody who has to deal with people who are coming after you and trying to hurt you, and you're not supposed to hurt them back. You're like a mental patient, or you know somebody who's not all there in their mind and you just don't go out and seek to harm first see lots of excellent art to teach you how to take down a person manipulate their body so that they're in a subjective position and you can control that situation and you can you control them from hurting you harming somebody else and of course harming themselves so that's the mm-hmm. view i like about see a lot too and plus some of the weapons 
and uh, the takedowns from Silat are are unheard of. They're they're unseen, and I like to like Drew Dan says, you need to research, research, and research. If you stay in one art your entire life, you'll get stagnant. You, mm-hmm. you need to grow. Every five years, you basically need to make do some more research and improve on your art. And Silat has that for me. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And it's it's interesting that you say that because, you know, a lot of people are um, lifelong one-art people. And I'm not knocking that at all. You know, when I no. was a teen, I thought, oh, I'm going to, you know, be karate for the rest of my life. But there comes that point where, you know, you either question yourself, not the art, but you question yourself, like, would I be able to defend myself against that guy or this person or that person. And if I don't feel comfortable with that, what should I do? And Because that's what happened to me. I was walking down the road, and all of a sudden this guy walked past me, and I thought to myself, I would not be able to defend myself. I wouldn't feel comfortable or I wouldn't feel confident defending myself against that guy. And that's where I started looking around. And that was tough at first, you know, because I was feeling disloyal, you know. But yeah, yeah. But it's it's true though. You kind of have to bring something into your personal repertoire and stuff, and so that's that's interesting that you say that. That's cool. One of my instructors, uh, Joel Champ, he he taught mm-hmm. me that you know there's there's so many different styles of silat, and each one has a different mindset. It's best that you study from each one because in one of those arts, you're going to pick up something that you absolutely need and you will absolutely use. So he taught me that, you know, I need to go, and there's like Malaysian martial arts have a different mindset, Indonesian martial arts have a different mindset, and even within those all those different Malaysian martial arts, there's different mindsets. And all inside those different Indonesian martial arts, there's different mindsets. And so, mm-hmm. you know, learn and grow. Learn and grow. Very cool. Now, I had a quick question also, and this just popped up because I remembered – uh my my uh, business partner Cheryl she uh, she's really heavy into uh, a C-Lot blend that our instructor uh Chris Petrelli um involves so it it's like a mixture of Detoire's C-Lot and the Mafalindo C-Lot and just okay. and she just absolutely loves it you know she studied with Guru Dan for a while when she does go down there she met Rita Suwanda once and she says the same thing that you did that she's that uh, Rita Sawanda is strong and kick ass. That's a, that's a quote. <laughs> <laughs> she will kick your ass. That's what she said. That's right. Um, she will kick your ass, but is the nicest person. But um, you know, I've heard from several people, um, and I don't know if it's just you know what they perceived or whatever. Um, that I guess my question is about you know, is there a lot of women training under Silat? these days or is it mainly a guy's art in in my school i used to have a lot of women uh, a lot of a lot of women used to come and and train and then i changed my schedule so it kind of disrupted that flow i do have several women who still do train it does seem to mm-hmm. be a male dominated martial art in america but if you mm-hmm. go into indonesia or malaysia there's actually a real good balance a lot of women train in the martial arts. And to me, that brings great balance. When women train in the martial arts, and so do men, uh, great, it brings great, great balance. As for my school, I wish I had more women. I don't offer the free classes anymore because I'm so busy with the police department and doing my other work. 
but I can't offer uh, offer that opportunity anymore to train for free. But I did have quite a few girls, and surprisingly enough, the women really um, can do the they can do the movements and they memorize the skill sets better than the men. And it's wow. it actually much be- more beneficial for the women than it is the men sometimes because some of the men bring their egos to class and they mm-hmm. walk out with their ego. The women don't walk in with an ego and they don't walk out with one either. So, but the women, are, I mean, most women I've ever had are very, very talented. And so they're, they adapt better to, than the, they adapt better to the techniques than the men do. But I wish I had more women. Hear that, ladies? <laughs> you wanna you wanna study Sila? Go check out Guru Rocky. <laughs> Hear that, ladies? <laughs> I'm serious. Very cool. Awesome. Um. Oh, here's another question I had on my notes. Um. Sure. And I I had no idea that you um actually belong to uh Vovinam Viet Vodal. I had no idea. So, yeah, you know, there's actually did, a so did you, school up in Seattle. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, well, a couple of my Wushu students actually um, cross-trained in Vovinam uh, at that school. And, I, and you know, I was going through your bio the other day, and I'm like, what? <laughs> he, he does Vietnam. That's cool. So when when did you study that? And, you know, what was the training like? Well, about in about the year 2005, I was doing my, what Guru Dan was teaching, when I first met Guru Dan, he taught me research, research, research. So it was kind of interesting because right after that, I started researching other arts, and I ran into a gentleman in Seattle, Master Lin Tai, mm-hmm. who you probably may, may know. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <clears throat> he uh, works with the Seattle Chief of Police <clears throat> and other, other departments, and he contact, I contacted him and said, hey, what would it, how do I learn this this Bovinam art? I've never even heard of it. Had no idea that Vietnamese had their own self-defense. And he says, oh, absolutely. Next thing you know, I got a book and DVDs in the mail, and I started studying. We never did like an over, over you know, in, an over-the-mail instructorship program, but we compared notes. We talked a lot, and I actually had a lot of his students used to come down here and train with me. They'd come to me at my school. I had a different garage at the time, but they would come down here at this, at this garage and train with me, and then we'd also go out and do demos. And uh, so I got to learn a lot. I got promoted to a black belt in that system, and the black belt only represents, it doesn't give me any, any mm-hmm. rank or, you know, uh, superior t- uh, title like that, but it went real well for quite a few years, and then a new a girl opened a school here in Sacramento, a Vobinam school, so I can't even let her take over the reins, let her do everything and teach and, and train. And I went to her school several times, did some demos, but everything kind of fell through. I just kind of lost contact with, with all them. Um, I haven't talked to Master Tai in a long, long time. Um, and the girls' school, I guess I tried to refer a lot of people to her because when people would come to my school, they would ask about the Vovinam school, and I would just basically turn it over to her because she had a much higher rank than me and she was much more talented than I. So. But I heard recently and unfortunately that the school had closed. Oh, no. And, uh, yeah, I was real bummed about that because it's a great system. I mean, there's some things about it that uh, look very, very Chinese, uh, a lot of Chinese influence. But it's a mm-hmm. fantastic martial art, lots of high kicking, and they're known for a signature 
uh, scissor kick to the head and they bring you down to the ground. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, my, uh, martial art. That's cool. It is. Like my, my Wushu students that, that, that cross-train in it, um, they actually came from um, a demo that they did. They came to class still in their blue uniforms. And I was like, wow, where, where did you come from? They're like, oh, we did a... We did a, a Vovinam demo down at the temple down in Chinatown. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I was curious as to what it was like. So the two brothers decided to do a mini demo for me. And I was like, holy crap. And there's that scissor kick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa, holy moly, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm you like, have to learn how to fall right. Right, right. I mean, I thought right. I thought for sure that that there was going to be heads busting on my mat, but nope. It was <laughs> it, it was it was very cool. <laughs> that's so that's that is very cool, very cool. Viet Vodau. So look yep. that up, folks. Viet it's Vodau. a it's a great art. Vovinam. Yep. Very cool. Very very nice art. So hey, Rocky, what is your association with uh, Garrison fighting knives? Garrison Fighting Knives. Craig Garrison, years and years ago, developed that knife on through uh, Gypsy Scissors. He was researching mm-hmm. uh, Spanish knife fighting, anything to do with Gypsy mm-hmm. knife fighting, and he, he was trying to. He wanted to create his own knife, so he created his own knife, which has actually been developed after Gypsy Scissors. And those Gypsy Scissors before, like if you ever seen any shears. Mm-hmm. They actually open those shears, put their hand in the middle of it, and fight with them. Well, he mm-hmm. was like, if I make that a marketable tool, first of all, it's going to have two working parts. It's going to break. I'm going to get lots of returns. Someone's going to stick their hand inside a blade, and someone's going to get cut, and then it's going to be a lawsuit. So he developed that knife so that mm-hmm. he could grab it and handle it and not get cut. Fortunately, just not so long ago, uh, I went down to the Marine Corps. I trained in, in uh, camp. Uh, in Coronado with the Marines for a whole entire week just a couple months ago. And we went with, uh, we went mostly with their martial arts program, McMaps. The Marines have their own curriculum. We have to kind of stick to that kind of curriculum when you teach them. But I did mm-hmm. show them that knife and they were fascinated with it because of the combat techniques with it. But uh, we're going to develop that knife into a different, a different way, make it a little bit better for the Marines. They want to change some, some concepts about it. But Craig Garrison, is a, a, he's a genius. I mean, he came up with this knife. This knife is a purely combat knife. It's great. Uh, we had several soldiers in Afghanistan carry it in combat and use it to, uh, to save a few lives, American soldiers' lives. Our biggest concern now is we don't want that knife falling into anyone else's hands like ISIS or any of these other our enemies. So we're, we're just being real careful with it. But, but Craig Garrison came to my house one day. And he says, man, I'm having a hard time getting people to find the excitement about this knife. Would you help me? And I said, I'll be glad to. When I first saw it, I thought it's probably some concept from Star Trek, some concept from some, you know, frog gig or something like that. But I started looking at it, and we started using it in our classes. We have some trainers, some dummies. And we started using it, and we're like, man, this thing works great. And then when I showed it to the Marine Corps, they absolutely loved it. So... Yeah, Craig Garrison is just—he's—he's uh, a, he's a genius on on the way he created that knife and how he's developed it. It's—it's 
he he gave me the reins. We made a video on YouTube. I think you may have seen mm-hmm. it, Robert. Just a little video we made and put on the internet. I think we almost had like fifty thousand hits on it. But yeah, uh, that's one of the nice. nastiest knives I have ever seen. I know. It's like it's the coolest thing. And when it first came out, I forgot how many years it came out. The well, the since then. You know, garrison fighting knives has has almost become a household word because of this. I'm serious. I mean, it's like you know, garrison. The first thing I think of is that that nasty looking weapon, and it is yeah. the coolest thing ever. No matter how you poke or prod with this thing, something's getting chewed up and spit out. This is the coolest knife. You yeah, know, and it's and, funny something Rocky said because Rocky said it is a fighting knife. It has no other purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't cut boxes open with it. You can't cut a steak with it. No. You, no, you can't I, throw that's it. all it's for. You can't throw it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. No, you can't throw it. Stick, can but throw why it. would it's I throw it? Knife. Yeah, you can throw it. It's a throwing knife. Yeah. There's, a gentleman on, there's a gentleman on YouTube who's done it. He's He's a knife thrower, and he threw it. He can throw it like any other knife. I am so going to get one. (laughs) I'm I'm making another production of it, so. Yeah, let me know because I will so get one. The first time I saw this, I thought, oh, my gosh, where do I get one? And I just never ordered one. And I definitely want one because I'm like, that thing will stick. And if it doesn't stick... You can just you can it'll it'll be in somebody really bad. You know what I mean? And it's like I want right. one. And yeah. uh, now, are and, there and different designs to it? Or no? What what's that? Is there different designs or is that nasty fishtail looking thing it? Well, that uh, that that design is currently we're going to be con- 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 we're going to continue to use that current design. But we're just going to change a few things on it, but it uh-huh. won't take it won't it won't change much because that knife is it's great. It's used. You can capture arms and limbs yeah. and everything. It's just a. It's a. We had 13 soldiers in Afghanistan carry it. They came back, and then we had a couple of the soldiers go back, get deployed, and they actually used it in combat. So it does work. It's effective. Um, there are, you know, some other modifications we need to make it to the holster and all kinds of other things. But other than that, that is a. It is a 100% military combat knife. The holster is the coolest thing, also. Because it's like it's yeah. molded to to the weapon. It's not going out. It goes in. Does it go in through the side? Because I I could never tell. Does it go in through? Well, it doesn't uh, go over the top. It doesn't go in through the top. You can't. But no, you uh, have does to, it go in through the side? Certain way you put it back in. Yeah. Mm, okay. There's a certain way to, to do it. But it, that pancake sheath we found, we needed to make some modifications to it, some other things. But mm-hmm. other than that, some so I'll have to show you one of these days how you, how you do it. It's really simple. It's really easy to to. Uh, Place back into the pancake sheath. And it's very easy to deploy, and a very oh, wicked, goodness. deadly knife. Google this, listeners: Garrison fighting knives. G A R R I S O N. I mean, this weapon is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, very true. <laughs> is, it every way, no matter how you hold it, no matter how it, it you'll cut somebody. No matter yep. what, I mean, this is great. And like you said, you can capture with it if there's something left. <laughs> yep. If you're into Filipino martial arts, you know what the C grip is. That C hand, yep. you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And yep. uh, basically, the awesome. United States Marines have endorsed that knife. I've had officers say they wish they had that knife, make the modifications, and we'll put that knife in our soldiers and we'll save American soldiers' lives. That's what it's all about. 
That's cool. Well, you know, it's 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 a testament to to Craig's uh, dream, I guess. You yes. know, for for a fighting knife, because because I remember years ago, um, I learned a little bit about the the Spanish scissor fighting uh, tijeras, right? Um, <laughs> And I thought it was just the coolest thing because I studied uh, Navaja for a very short time, um, and we had to learn a little bit about the tijeras. And I'm like, I will so cut my fingers off if I'm really not holding this right. You know, that's right. <laughs> I mean, this, this is really gonna this is really gonna suck. And you know, this knife solves that. It's 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 incredible. So. Yeah, yeah, what's wow. the sheath made out of, Rock? Is that a hard plastic? It's a it's a Kydex. It's a Kydex material. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. It's a Kydex material. Yep. Kydex hard plastic Kydex material, and it's just developed so that it, it encases that um, that blade and holds it into place. We found with experiment that by inverting it, like hanging it upside down, didn't work. So the best way to put it is either on their hip. On your back or on the very front of your uh, in front of your thigh, but yeah, it's a plastic kydex. That's cool. That's so cool. I'm gonna have to ask James Loriega if he has one of these because he he was the one that taught me about Tijeras fighting and and uh, Navaja yep. fighting. That's, that's the person who inspired Craig Garrison to create. Really? That yep. James so did. Oh, world. so I. Yep. Yeah, it is a small world. Yeah, because yep. James comes up here. To Seattle at least like once every couple of years. Um, oh wow! He teaches uh, he teaches uh, Navaja um, and a little bit of Savat and uh, Lacan Francais um, at a local fencing school where I have many friends. And wow. um, I was introduced to him uh, about mm, eight years ago. And every time he's come up, I've studied with him. Um, and just just an incredible fighting system. The Navaja and Tijeras yep. and um, that's, LeConte. That's where that Garrison Fighting Knife comes from, right from there. Wow, First place small the Garrison world. Fighting Knife. Yeah, small world. Small world. Very cool. Awesome. Woohoo! I'll have to. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to. I'll have to text James. Hey, guess who I was talking to? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Right on. Very cool. Awesome. Now, um. We've got about 25 minutes left to our broadcast, but there's, we've still got, like, a ton of questions. Um, do you want to start, Robert, or shall I? <laughs> no, go ahead. Okay. Um, now, you, if, if I remember correctly, you used to help run your dad's boxing gym. Is that boxing gym still still around? No, unfortunately. Oh. Interesting, interesting to note, my dad passed away a year ago on this day, on May 3rd. Whoa. Yep, my dad. Uh, my dad passed away. Um, he originally, many many years ago, uh, had colon cancer, and they removed a strawberry-sized um, cancer from his colon. Had a major mm-hmm. operation, all that. Got it taken out. And I told my dad, "Hey, look, they're asking you and telling you that you need to have some kind of light chemotherapy to take the rest of the cancer out of your body." And my dad, he was one of those type of guys that just would never buy a cell phone. If someone wants to hold me, they can call me on my answer machine at home. Um, just kind of those old school guys. He's all, you know what? The cancer is gone. It will not spread to my body. And 13 years later, his, the cancer spread to his liver. So on May 3rd oh, of last year, he, he passed away. 
So it's interesting to note that that today we had this interview because I go I'm, somehow I'm going to mention my dad because my dad was a great man. My dad um, yeah. dedicated his life to teaching boxing, and he dedicated the basement of our house used to be the boxing gym up there in Grass Valley. He just basically went there one day and we took out all the shelves, we took out all the tools. The basement was a repair garage for a vehicle, like a little vehicle shop. We cleaned it up, straightened it up, put a full-size ring in there, and from, I think, from like 1989 to just recently, uh, a year ago, my dad taught boxing out of that place. Very cool. Wow. Yeah. I know, right? Because, you know... Yeah. Well, you know, it's like I need, I remember you mentioning to me a, a couple of years ago. I, I think it was to me on a private message or if it, it was in one of the interviews that we did with you. Um uh, I think it was uh, on the Modern Combat Master show actually initially. Um um when we were talking about your boxing and um and your father and stuff like that and I thought, "Well, that's really cool. Kind of like passing passing on the the art, the you know, the pugilistic art at you know running in the family and I yeah. think I said something like that and um I do remember when you're when you had notified everyone that your father had passed away and I, it was like sad I'd never met the guy but I thought wow I'm sad <laughs> you know um but wow you know rest in peace Mr. Twitchell because yeah. wow and he left, he left cool. a great lineage he left me with a great yes. uh we we call it T five boxing because all Twitchell all five of my brothers we all fought at one point. So he he dedicated his martial or his boxing system to us and so I'm the inheritor of that and I'm keeping it going and keeping it alive and teaching boxing. Very cool. Yes. Very cool. Awesome. All right. Let's uh I'm gonna I'm gonna like put the thing on Bob again. Here you go, Bob. Bob. Just like so, Rocky. How did you come up with the name of your school, Leohona Warrior Arts? Well, mm-hmm. uh, as, as many of you may or may not know, um, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, mm-hmm. and uh, I try not to mix religion into martial arts. But really, if you think about it, everybody has a philosophy. Everybody right. has some kind of. Everybody has some kind of base. My base happens to be my church, and mm-hmm. my church teaches me to, to care for my body to protect my family, to protect the Constitution of the United States of America, and to keep my body healthy. So that's what really martial arts is all about, too. It's about protecting yourself, protecting your family, and keeping your body healthy. That's what martial arts is all about. It's not about going around and beating people up. It's, it's about protecting your family and those you love. So Leahona in, my script, in the scriptures means a compass. Uh, and mm. the compass in the Book of Mormon uh, led – if people were – in this family, the certain family in the in the Book of Mormon, if they were to follow God's commandments, the compass would work while they traveled through the wilderness. Kind of like us in our lives. Uh, I'm kind of like a pointer to the truth. I'm like, hey, man, you know, here's how you can better yourself by learning martial arts and taking better care of yourself. Because I do implement not only an ethical warrior program like Jack Coben has done into the Marine Corps, not only do I add that, I also add in a uh, health and fitness program. So eating right, you know, training right is all important. So I'm a pointer to the truth. I'm not the absolute truth. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a, 
I'm not a pastor or a preacher or that kind of thing. I'm just a pointer to the truth. So I called it Liahona Warriors because, you know, we need people to point us in the right direction and put us in the places we need to be. And so kind of like Guru Dan, if if you go train with Guru Dan and he says he doesn't know something, I can guarantee you he knows where to direct you and tell you who to go who to train with. I'm the same way. If I don't have what you need, I can guarantee you I can put you in touch with somebody in Seattle. I can touch you with in touch with Robert. I can put you in touch with somebody who would know and that would know that art and could get that person what they need. So hence Leahona Warrior Arts. I'm a person that points my students in the in the proper direction. We're all trying to be warriors. Uh, nurses, doctors, truck drivers, police officers soldiers they're all warriors mothers fathers they're warriors everyone just has a different warriorship mentality they have to to abide by so we're all warriors and we're all trying to practice the arts so hence leahona warrior arts so very cool now how can any of our listeners if they're visiting the uh, northern california area if they want to come and visit uh your studio and and possibly even train with you while they're in the area how can they get a hold of you Easy. Nowadays, what Robert was talking about earlier, you can punch in my name on Google and find out all kinds of stuff on me. Mm-hmm. When you punch in Google, punch in Leahona Warrior Arts, and my Facebook page will pop up. So if you punch in Leahona Warrior Arts in Sacramento, uh, my Facebook page will pop up, and it has my number, the address. It has all the pertinent information you'd need to get a hold of me. Wow, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, thank you. Very cool. Yay. Well, we're uh we're gonna go ahead and uh call it a night. Wow. Great interview and thanks for joining us again. And I'm I'm hoping that more of our listeners got a chance to listen to this broadcast because you know, your your background is so diverse and is so chock full of wonderful knowledge and, and uh great information. You know, I suggest that any of our listeners out there, if you're in the Northern California area, and I'd forgotten what city exactly. It's just outside of Sacramento. Um, Citrus Heights. Citrus Heights. There we go. It yep. just came to me. Doing Citrus Heights, <laughs> California. If you're in that area, in and around Sacramento, or even as uh, like Elk Grove, you know that kind of thing. Uh, my sister lives in Elk Grove, so next time I go visit her, I'll just drive down, drive down the five, and come see you. <laughs> you better. And yeah, right. And. Uh, Go, you know, visit Guru Rocky and check it out. Lots of stuff there, boxing, sea lot, Filipino martial arts. Uh, you know, go work out with him, even if it's just for one night. It's wonderful you stuff. Bet. And his students are awesome also. I had the opportunity to meet some of his students, great bunch of people. So, oh, thank you very yeah. much. Very humbled. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for joining oh, us you, today. Thank you, and, and Robert. Thank you so much. We thank you. really look forward to to seeing you in Hollywood in about That's a month. That's right. It's going to be fun. I'm going to handle it, but I'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> we'll make sure you handle it. All right. So tune in next week, folks. Keep your eye on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page for next week's guest. We're still trying to get some uh, stuff uh, put together for for the next uh, few weeks of guests before the Masters Hall of Fame. So tune in. And if you're not a fan of the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page, go check it out. Just look up Dynamic Dojo. Thank you again, Guru Rocky. Thank you, Robert, for being a wonderful co-host as usual. 
And thank you, listeners. We'll talk to everybody next week. Bye-bye now.